Welcome to the Central Church of Christ podcast. We are located at 3501 Cheviot Avenue, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45211. It is our mission to worship God and follow Jesus as we love and serve in His name through the power of the Holy Spirit. Come see us sometime at 1030 on a Sunday morning or each Wednesday as we feed the community at 530 p.m. We hope the following message inspires you in some way. So this whole year, we're looking at this idea of what does being all in for Christ look like? What does it mean to be fully engaged with Christ? Do you have some ideas? First priority. Today, we're going to use Mary as an example as an all-in believer. We're going to find specific characteristics, character traits, that Mary has on display, and we're going to be using a lot of the verses that we've been using over the last several weeks through the Advent series. Let's pray together as we begin. Father, show us today things that are true. Inspire us to be like You. Help us hear the things that we personally need to hear. I believe... God, that Your Holy Spirit can speak to us as individuals and does. We need that. The thought of living this life without You, with no direction on our own, is uh, its scary. We have each other. We have Your Holy Words, Your Holy Scriptures. And we have Your Holy Spirit, Lord. We're asking that You'll guide us and teach us Your ways. Show us things that are good and right and true. And give us the passion to mimic those. And make those true for us. In Jesus' name, amen. We consider Mary today, and and we first uh, learn about her in Luke chapter 1. But Luke chapter 1 doesn't begin with Mary. There's some author's notes at the very beginning. But then we're first introduced to Zechariah and Elizabeth. In that story, how the angel, uh, so Zechariah and Elizabeth were from the line of Aaron, the priestly line. Zechariah served faithfully as a priest. Uh, Luke chapter 1 has some very nice things to say about Zechariah and Elizabeth. They're wonderful people. At this time in history, Zechariah, it was his turn to serve in the temple, and he went into the temple and he was serving. He said he was doing the incense, and the worshipers were assembled outside. They could smell the incense. And an angel of the Lord came before Zechariah in the temple. Said what all angels do. Don't be afraid. Like, that's the, I don't know. Is that even possible? I don't know, that's not even possible. Don't be afraid. He said, you're going to have a son. You're going to name him John. He says all these amazing things about John. Let's look at those in verse uh, 14. Uh, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer's been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. You're going to call him John. He'll be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. And he'll bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. 
And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I want that last sentence to be true of this church. I love that phrase. The central church of Christ. A people prepared for the Lord. So all these things are going on with Zechariah and with Elizabeth, and we're learning about John the Baptist and what he'll be like and what he'll do and what his uh, mission will be. And then in verse 19, excuse me, 18, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. So we know that Zechariah and Elizabeth are from the priestly line. He's faithfully serving the Lord as a priest. In fact, he's in the temple of God when an angel of God appears to him. And he starts thinking about how old they are and about how his wife has never been able to give birth and how all this is going to be true. And Zechariah, learning from a long line, he asks, how can I be certain of this? He asks for a sign. He says, can you prove it? How can I actually know? And when I say Zechariah comes from a long line of questioners, Abram, Genesis 15, you're going to be the father of Israel. Look up in the sky, bro. All the stars, your descendants. Well, could you give me a sign? Could you let me know? Zechariah comes from a long line. Gideon, one of the judges in Judges chapter 6. The Midianites, you're going to free him. You're going to go get him. Well, can you give me a sign? Can you give me another sign? Well, how about another one? Can you make the shadow go backwards, he finally says? Instead of the shadows following the, the, the trajectory of the sun, can you, can you make him go backwards 10 feet? Then, then I'll know. Zechariah has learned from a long line of can you prove it. Hezekiah, a blameless king, a, an upright king. That's what the Bible says about him. Prayed for the Lord on his deathbed. I don't want to die. Isaiah comes to him and says, you're going to die. And Hezekiah prays to God, I don't want to die. In tears. And the Bible says Isaiah is leaving. But then he hears a word from the Lord. Go, go back to Hezekiah and tell him, okay, I, I, I saw your tears. I heard, I heard you. I heard you. You're going to live 15 more years. Well, can you give me a sign? Just, just to make sure. So when I say that, Zechariah kind of has learned from his forefathers to not fully trust God at His Word. It's a very interesting story, and here's one thing I definitely want you to hear. God still blesses all of these Kenya prove He does. 
But you also need to know that Luke chapter 1 is a chapter of contrasts. It's written that way extremely articulately by Luke. We have old, Aaron, priestly, temple, righteous, no baby, Zechariah and Elizabeth. Pregnant, woman, Mary, line of the kings, line of David. There's one contrast. The contrast of how the angel comes to to Zechariah and how the angel comes to Mary and their different responses. There's even a contrast of John the Baptist and our Lord Jesus in here. There's the contrast of Mary's song and Zechariah's song. It's a beautifully written, contrasting story. And I'd I'd ask you to read that today. Read Luke chapter 1, I think maybe Luke chapter 2. No, it's just Luke chapter 1. And read it as a contrast. See that God blesses both, but He's showing a better way through Mary. She's the the one we're to follow here. She's the example for us to notice and emulate. And that's why we're considering her today. Where Zechariah asked for a sign, he said, how can I be certain of this? Can you prove it? Well, yeah, you're not going to be able to talk for the next nine months. Yeah. And then when they're going to try to name him after you, you're going to say his name is John. You're going to have to write it down. And then we'll we'll move on from there. But yeah, there's your sign. But Mary says, not can you prove it. She says, how is this going to be? She says, "I, I know a thing or two. I've not done the things required to do the things that you say are going to happen. And God in His graciousness through Gabriel explains it to her. Curious is the first characteristic of an all-in Christian that I want to emphasize today. It is good to be curious about God. It's good to ask questions. It's good to wonder. It's good to not know and get into it and seek and desire and wrestle. It's one of the great blessings of church. These words were always meant to be wrestled with in community. And something we say is, don't forget about what you do know when you're wondering about what you don't know. Don't throw all, this, all it out because you're wondering about one thing. And I'll also say this, if you're reading through the Bible or you hear something and it doesn't click, it doesn't make sense, you don't get it, not everything lines up, don't just move on. Grab a cup of coffee. Ask somebody over. Sit with it a little bit. Ask the Holy Spirit into your life. Don't move on from it because you don't know. Oh, that's too hard. I can't understand. I don't get it. No. Sit there with it. There is nothing about God for us to be ashamed of. And there's nothing that was written 
for you to not know about. We can all learn this. And I'll say this, some of us are naturally bent in different ways where it's easier for some of us to get stuff. Some of that's because of our brains, some of that's because of our hearts, and some of that's because of our experiences. But if there's something you don't know, be like Mary. Be curious. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And if you don't know something, stick there. Ton of great resources. Something I want to try to do today is uh, use some examples of other curiosities or characteristics that we'll find here in a minute that you can find in the Gospel of Luke. But first, I know that Mary was curious rather than the prove it attitude. She was saying, man, I, I believe you, but like, I, the math isn't working. Because in verse 45, it says this of Mary, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill His promises to her. She knew it was true. She was just wondering. And wonder is good. There's a great example, if you want to flip over a couple pages in Luke chapter 8, of we see this same curiousness in the disciples. Jesus tells this parable of the seed, or the seed in the sower, or the farmer, whatever your Bible uh, says that it is. But in Luke chapter 8, after Jesus tells that first bit of the parable, in verse 9, He says, the disciples asked Him what the parable meant. Easy Scripture just to blow by. Doesn't seem like there's a lot there. But they were doing what Mary was doing. They were not afraid to ask the question. And it could have been, a little embarrassing. Well, you know, I kind of spend a lot of time with you and I've heard you say a lot of things and maybe I should know more of this than anybody else, but could you explain it to me? Because I don't know. And Jesus faithfully just explains it to them. It's okay to be curious. It's good to be curious. I'll say this uh, for us parents. Uh, aunts and uncles, grandparents, anybody that interacts with little ones. Let's not shut down kids' curiosities. Let's let them be curious. Let's let them wonder. Here's something um, that I thought was, uh, Lauren, I thought was very, very important in parenting is let them be curious, but then you have to balance that with the need to be obedient. Being curious and disobedient is not okay. It's still important for children and Christian children to learn to be obedient to God, to our parents, even when we're wondering why or when or how, all the curiosities. And a phrase came to Laura and I, which we said just repeatedly to our kids as they grew up. We would ask something of them, and the first response that we required was an obedient response. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. But then we always let them ask, why? And any time that we could, we always told them, Because parents 
and grandparents and aunts and uncles and caregivers play a huge role in the spiritual foundation of children. We can make it easier or harder for our kids to come to faith by how we treat them. And so the phrase that we would say, the, the, the request was made or the, the action was, was said, and an obedient response was required, because obedience is necessary. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And then we'd always say this. The faster you learn to obey mommy and daddy, the faster you'll learn to obey God. And that's the most important thing. The faster you learn to obey your parents, the faster you'll learn to obey God. And that's most important. But it's okay to be curious. But we also need to be obedient. Mary shows us that just expertly. The second characteristic that I want to identify in an all-in Christian is we trust. We trust God. Lord, you are the Lamp for my feet and the light for my path, not the spotlight so I can know everything about everything. But I know you'll do this. I trust you with this one and the next one and the next one. What are some reasons, think about this, that you have to put your full trust in God? We need to be able to say those things out loud because there will be days that you don't feel like trusting God. And it just doesn't make sense to and it ain't easy. So one thing is to remember the truth of His words. Remember the trusting experiences that you've had. Lean on each other. Lean on the Holy Spirit and take a step. Mary shows us this in, in Luke chapter 1 in verse 38 where she says, I am the Lord's servant. Another way of saying, I trust you. I trust you. This is risky business that Mary was in here. You guys get this, right? This was socially, physically dangerous ground that she was walking on. She says, may it be in me just as you've said. I trust you. We can see that very same trust in Luke chapter 9 when Jesus sends out His apostles. When Jesus called the twelve together, He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And He told them, is this how your trips start? Take nothing for the journey. Not a staff. Not a bag, no bread, no money. Don't even take an extra shirt. Whatever house you enter in, stay there. Whatever they put you for, you eat it. If they don't welcome you, shake it off and go on to the next one. God, Jesus, asked His apostles to trust Him. And in verse 6, So they negotiated strongly with the Lord 
and asked them if they could at least take an extra shirt. You guys got to read along. It's too easy. It says, so they set out and went from village to village doing what Jesus had them to do. They trusted. It's an identifiable characteristic that we see in Mary and that we see in all in Christians. They're curious. They trust the Lord. Finally, they're willing. We can see this in the very same verse with uh, Mary. I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled to me. I am the Lord's servant. I'm willing. Not only do I trust you, but I'll do what you say. I'll follow your lead. I'll walk that path. I bow before you. I get my orders from you. I'm willing, Mary says. A great example of this, and I'm going to talk about two, in Luke chapter 8, In verse 3, Jesus, uh, this is the beginning of the parable of the sowers when the disciples asked the question, you know, could you tell us what that's about? But in Luke chapter 8, verse 1, after this, Jesus traveled about from one town uh, and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with them, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helpful in supporting, excuse me, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. Willing. You can think of the directions that this could have taken with these ladies. Uh, Equality wasn't on the table here. Racial equality, gender equality, social equality, it wasn't on the table. And these women were so willing that they even spent their own money to make sure that the Lord's message would be proclaimed going from town to town to town to town, providing out of their own wealth for the Lord's ministry. They could have said, I need a banner at least. You know, I need a a house named after me, something. I need to get some public recognition for what I'm doing. And if you don't let me preach sometime in the next year, then my support is over. It's all hyperbole. I don't know. I know. I'm not trying to make silly of it, but I'm just telling you how human beings are. We like to do what we're supposed to do as long as we can do it the way we want to do it. And as long as it can be my way, I'm in. And as long as you shape it so it fits my needs, I'm in. This is not the case here. Carrying the Lord did not meet Mary's needs. It was not good for her. I'm not saying, please hear me what I'm saying. It was not easy. And these women showed how willing they were to allow the message to go out and they were willing to do what they could do. And they did it well. 
We're going to finish where we started today. Casey read the familiar passage of the Good Samaritan. We're pretty familiar with that here in Cincinnati. I have two Good Samaritan children. Any others? Any Good Sam kids here? Yeah. Got some Good Samaritan kids here. We have one of our major OB uh, hospitals in in the city named for this story. There's also, interestingly, in my line of work, there's Good Samaritan laws. Are you familiar with that? If you see someone in distress and you do your honest best to help them, the, the legal system can't touch you. There are Good Samaritan laws in place to protect you for helping. An all-in follower of Jesus is curious, trusting, and willing And in this story, this parable that Jesus tells of this good Samaritan, all these other people were passing by. And in the story, what Jesus is saying, all these other fellas that should have helped, didn't. They weren't willing. But this guy, who wasn't the right race, who wasn't the right religion, took a risk, Physically, guys laid out after getting beat to death, the story. You've got to assume there's some physical danger there. He took a risk financially, using all of his wine and his stuff and paying for the guy's needs. He took a risk socially. Who do you think you are? It's not your place to help. You're just a Samaritan. I can't overstate this. And Jesus says, Of all these guys, which one was the friend? Probably the one that helped. Yeah, that's right. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. In faith, it's where our beliefs and our actions meet. Because I believe this, I am willing to do this. Because I trust you, I will do this. Because you're answering my curiosities and you're meeting me where I'm struggling, I trust you, I'm willing, and I love you. Those are three identifiable characteristics that I think Mary shows of what an all-in Christian looks like. Let's stand together. I'm going to read a, a benediction blessing. And then we're going to say our uh, blessing over uh, us. Kathy, can you pull that up? The Lord bless you. Let me read this prayer over us. Lord, give us the strength for another year. A year that will undoubtedly hold great joys and sorrow. Lord, give us the courage to examine our hearts often and have a mindset of pursuing You, our Lord and our Savior. Jesus, will You please remind us of the joy we can choose daily because of Your sacrifice. God, we thank You for another day. Today and every day is a gift from You. 
let us this year, let this year be a time for this church to lean on You, to lean into You, and to know You more. Let us all, always, praise and honor You with everything we do. Thank You, Lord. In Jesus we pray. Amen.